Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Expressions, the podcast. Tonight, we're speaking with Danny Proctor, the bonsai tree maker, film photographer, videographer, director, and yes, former professional mind reader. He is the epitome of creativity, and we are so excited to have him here this week. Danny? This is an honor. This has been fun. So, this is take two. I forgot to hit record on the first one. It's okay. We'll have to start. Uh, so, it's okay. Danny, I'm sorry that uh, you've had to sit and listen to us banter for the first half of a show before. No, this but... is amazing. This is amazing. I can't wait to hear it live. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to uh, our co hosts here and see how you guys are doing. John and Sean. This is your first time with us as permanent hosts on the show. So just going to say hello to you guys and say hi to Mark and Aurora. And then we'll talk, get into uh, our conversation with Danny. John, how are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you for asking, Brian. Uh, this time, time I have a better answer. Yeah. <laughs> Take two. Yeah. Um, my second or third shot at being a model today. Uh, didn't like it. Don't understand it. I can't wait to see the photos. Uh, told Aurora about my good side. Yeah, what, 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 what else did we cover last time? <laughs> that's well, that's funny though, because I mean, being a model isn't something that everybody just is comfortable with at all. Can't be me. I, I was totally not comfortable and I overdid it when I did our shots. Um, and sorry, Mark, I mean, you were there for it today, and I feel bad because so far, for all of those photos that you see of us uh, for the podcast, they were all shot by Aurora. And poor Mark living up wet 16 hours away in Thunder Bay, there was just no way for Aurora to make that round trip to get those photos for him. So he had if, to do it himself. If she really loved me, she'd make the effort. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> sounds like my mother. <laughs> no, but like, t- t- if I'm being honest, Aurora did a fantastic job, uh, really ran that shit. And uh, yeah, those photos are going to be great. Yeah. Awesome. To, to be fair, the photos that I sent her were shit, and she made them look good. So, not true. Not <laughs> all of my what photos made them, made them look great. So, yeah. always, Mark, always your own worst enemy. Your photos were fun. Yes, the photos are great. Better than I would have done for myself. So let's just put it that. Way. See, did you see her? Yeah, his photos were great. No, <laughs> you're reading too far into this. Yeah, I know. Yes. I know. I just like to poke fun. But, yeah. <laughs> Sean, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm just I'm just chilling here in my my room. So it's it's good. I'm happy to be on the uh, the first episode with a guest with you guys. It's gonna be a fun one. I'm stoked. Yeah, we'll see how <laughs> it goes. I mean, we've got a lot of hosts. We've got you know a lot of people on the panel, but that that adds diversity. That adds a lot of different kinds of questions, and I'm really looking forward to that. Aurora, as uh, John said, you were running stuff today. You did such a good job. Uh, I was there as your Val, your voice activated light stand, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was really cool watching you work. You knew exactly what you were doing. I can't wait to see the photos. But besides that, how have you been? I've been doing good. Uh, I've been doing good. Uh, the photo shoot today was a lot of fun. Um, we had quite a bit of fun with that. Um, I had some plans canceled. I had another shoot kind of lined up today. Uh, it was just like a, a women's photo club. Um, but the location changed. Um, so... We decided not to go for it because it's too far out of our way. Um, and uh, so I uh, did some, had some time looking at some bikes that we have in, in storage in the house here. And um, they may not cut it for a long-term uh, travel uh, vehicle for me. So um, uh, we actually went to go look at a few bikes today. And I'm pretty excited to see if maybe we invest in a new bike. So is your um, car broken or are you just doing the... 
Uh, no, my car isn't broken. I just like gas is so expensive. Oh, right. Um, ah, and, economical. Uh, and the other thing is like the weather is beautiful. I live down the road from my work. Um, so, you know, why not bike? Uh, it's something that I used to love doing um, for the longest time and I'm um, just super happy to get into it again. So motivating awesome. myself to do it. <laughs> awesome. And you're going to yeah. inspire me to do it too, probably, because you and I both live about the same distance from work and I used to ride my bike every day until I got a car. And then it's just like, I got a car. Why, why would I ride a bike? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know? But uh, anyway, I, I hear you. Gas is nuts for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, glad you're here. Uh, Mark, how about yourself, man? I'm doing well, doing well. As, as you figured, I was the only uh, host not at a, a photo shoot today. Well, other than Ryan, we, we know Ryan could make it this evening, but uh, but no, it was fun. I, I was just about that, but no, I, I just love Aurora's photos so much. When she posts them, I always like them on Instagram and everything. But uh, no, the day was good. We were busy at work, and uh, I suppose I could probably dust off my bike and ride to work too, but that's not likely to happen because I, the, the one thing I have to say is where, where I live in Thunder Bay, I live sort of at the uh, – the west side of the city and if, if you think about i, I live far enough away from the lake that everything is downhill to get to work which means that it's pretty much an uphill ride all the way back so which is the last thing you want to do at the end of yeah <laughs> after i've already <laughs> put in uh I, I have to check here how many thousand steps i put in today but i'm at uh almost seventeen thousand steps for the day so i, I don't think i'd want to ride that for after work I, well i'd say you take an same... uber getting the same exercise with just your walking so yeah my store, my store is a quarter mile deep you know and i just uh i sit down and i hear mark two and i go okay and i stand up and then i get back to my desk i sit down and hear mark two and okay get back up. so <laughs> that's, 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 that's good i don't mind working it's really just someone pranking you on the phone yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh no mark's the back mark's the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all right well that's great it's, it's good I'm just Thank looking, you guys. looking forward to getting to talking to Danny. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Let's do that. Let's get into it. Um, I'm very excited to have Danny here because you are a man of multi-talents. And Shelly and I, uh, by the way, Shelly says hello, my wife. Tell her I say hi. I absolutely will. We'll see her in a few uh, weeks. Exactly, yeah. Um, we were talking about options and people that we could ask her on the show. And she's like, why don't you invite Danny on? I'm like, fuck yeah, why didn't, why didn't I already do that? You know, like, how come it took me so long to, to ask you? Uh, you do so many different things. And one thing I didn't realize until we started talking was the magic that you do, the, the other things that you're into. So before we get into the video and all that stuff, I want to kind of brush on that history, dust off the album of your life and go back to what inspired you first. Because you're not the only talented person I know who started off with magic and that kind of thing. Um, and I'll get into who that might be in a minute. But. Tell me, what inspired you to Could get it be into a wrestler that? that we know? No. Could it be a wrestler no. that we know? It's not a wrestler. Because there is a wrestler that you and I both know that is a really good magician. Uh, that would be Brendan. Okay. Yeah. yeah that no. would be. Yeah, yeah. He's tremendous. And we didn't even talk so about that. So I got into magic. Really? Yeah, we didn't oh, even get into that. He's, he's tremendous. Talking. He's very good. Yeah. Yeah, That's I cool. wouldn't expect it. And then he once said, he saw me, I was doing a magic trick for Santino and uh, John Morrison, and then he was like, oh, we got a jam. And when a magician says jam, that means that they're good. Usually, if somebody says that, that's when you know, okay, they've been around the magic parlance, so they're good. And then he showed me, it was yeah, extremely good, which is nice. I used to work in a magic shop in, in that's Toronto. Awesome. That's how I got my, my like, 
real heels into magic and mind reading was because of uh, Morrissey magic. So I, when I was a kid, no, when I was a kid, I was like 14. So that would have been grade 10, grade nine. There was a kid in school that showed me a trick. And then I told my grandpa about it because he showed me how to do it. So I showed my grandpa. And then doesn't the son of a bitch know a trick too? And he hits me. It's like you make a silk vanish. It's a very standard trick. And he hit me with it. And I didn't know how it was done because I just learned my first trick. And then he showed, he gave me it and he showed me how to do it. So that's when I got hooked. And then it was going to the magic shop a lot. So much. And if you, you know, if you show enough effort, people are interested. And then they're like, hey, I, like, would you want to try demoing behind the counter? Which at the time was like the biggest honor for a budding magician is to be asked behind the counter of a magic shop. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was my, my big step into magic was that. Well, wow. then I got into mind reading because I was just fascinated by it. And there was, a, there was a mind reader in Las Vegas who had a good residency. He was very established. No, like he wasn't established there for a long time. He was there for me a few years, but he was my favorite. So then I was like, well, I need to get lessons from this guy. If he's the best, you always pursue who's the best in any field that you want to get good at and then study them. So I wrote him and I was like, hey, hey, man, I don't know if you do lessons, but I would be willing to, to go to Vegas. I will do anything for lessons from you. And he's like, sure, man. Uh, send me some money. And so every every few weeks, I got two jobs. I every few weeks, I would send him money. And then doesn't he vanish? Oh, doesn't he just classic. take all my money and go? What yeah, the classic fuck? magician bait and switch? Uh, yeah, seriously. Though. So I was oh, like, that's, I was that's heartbroken. Brutal. Wow. I was heartbroken because he was like my idol in magic or in mind reading. And then there's another magician in Toronto named Mysterion Chris Mysterion Mysterion the mind reader, and. He was very big. He still is. He's super, he's actually bigger now than he was then. But he was so big that I was like, I could never write uh, him because he's he's so all over the place. He's he's doing so many things. Well, doesn't he hear about me getting conned, and then send me a message? And he's like, Hey, buddy, I heard I heard you got scammed out of a lot of money. And he's like, Sometimes all the help you need is in your own backyard, and you don't need to pay me anything. Just come on over, and we'll build a show. Wow. Which oh is my every. Gosh. Everything I could have wanted, and that sure. is how I became a professional mind reader, is because of this guy, because uh, Chris Mysterion showed me the ropes, and really like took me in as his first student, his only student. Wow, That's awesome! And that, that was is my. So cool. It's actually funny events, man. Yes. Because when we first yeah. started talking about uh, guests on the podcast, I asked you if he would be a guest on our podcast, and you're like. Well, that's mm -hmm. right, because I saw you posted a photo with him and Steffi, the uh, sentimentalists, on Instagram. And I saw yes. this. I was like, how do you know these two? Because I've been a huge fan of them for years. You and I have talked about this. And um, you're like, yeah, sure, here. Here's his number. And I, call, I, I messaged him, and he replied right back. And he was like, all in, going to get him on the show. That still may happen. I'm so excited about that. Uh, but, you know, timing is a funky thing in the world of magic, right? Everybody's going here, yeah. going there, traveling. There's, there's so much going on. And I think that there's also um, the personalities in that world have got to be interesting to work with, I'm sure, as well. Oh, everybody. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to be to, to want to pursue that. You have to be a special kind of person to live that kind of life. Any kind of performer, you get a, like a real handful of, of people. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. So you know? this friend of mine that uh, that I, I knew that was also into magic, Peter McKinnon. I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, he's a YouTuber. Uh, yeah. And 
he's he's gotten quite big from doing YouTube, but originally he started doing magic. And I had him on my TV show once, and he did this little trick for us. And like, I love magic in the way that it could just you do one little thing that to you could be so easy. And I don't mean simple. I mm -hmm. mean easy. It's just like something that's nat yeah. natural for you to do. And then a mind like me would look at this and be like, uh, what just happened? Like my, my whole reality that's was just impossible. shaken. Is that something that a right. magician strives for? Is that that power that a magician feels that they crave? Yes, absolutely. And now, now granted, McKinnon is one of the best magicians you can find. And he also happens to be one of the best videographers right now. And photographers, like it's it's amazing what he's done. And you also told me about his involvement with Illusionist, right? Was it Illusionist or Theory Eleven? No, Illusionist. Yeah, one of the two. He was involved. Illusionist. Yeah, which then ended up being one of the biggest magic companies uh, in the world because people wow. sell tricks. I've sold tricks. I'm in a lot of magic books because of you come up with something that nobody else has before, or like you learn a few techniques and then it's a combination of techniques with your own twist on it that you can then sell whether it's free you give it away for free or you can sell it in books and stuff and dvds which he did but yeah he's he's tremendous so then there was a, a pitfall that i had when i started in magic was the idea of you want as working at a magic shop you want to fool magicians which is very different from fooling lay people yeah. people who don't know magic so the tricks that a performer at at boston pizza will do is very different than what you perform at a magic shop because you want to sell a magician on a trick to go like for them to go this doesn't make sense where a lot of tricks they can reverse engineer and figure out mm -hmm. so then the idea of like okay this is a trick that will make a lay person melt their mind that is it is different and that was a hard thing for me to get over is to go oh this is what a lay person will totally enjoy as opposed to always looking for something that a magician will enjoy because it won't be the same thing it's Where true. A lay person will go like, it doesn't matter how many things were involved to a lay person, but it would to a magician because it makes it more impossible for them. Right. But the simple thing for a lay person is what is more impossible to them. It's very different. That's interesting. Um, have you ever seen the show uh, Penn and Teller? Fula? I was literally just thinking yeah. that as he was talking. <laughs> yes. I I was I I, yes. I watched that and and it's it's interesting that they, they do that they watch the trick and you can you can see that they talk about it and they're they got like a notebook and they're like reversing they're like, it and, they're like, oh. and, then, and then they present how yeah. they think, think the trick was done and you know most of the time they're right but every now and again somebody fools them and they're like wow well, we we don't know how you did it so that's just amazing well, well that is that is exactly what happened with my friend Mysterion, Chris Mysterion and Steffi K. They're a, a mind-reading duo called the Sentimentalists. They were on Penn and Teller's Fool Us, and they fooled them. Wow. Well, what you don't see in the episode is they actually spent like 20 minutes examining Chris and Steffi as to, in the show, it shows like, oh, we can't, we couldn't figure it out. They went up on stage. They looked at them for a bit. But in reality, they took 20 minutes inspecting them so there were no electronics. There were no like feeding devices to give information. To right. each other. Um, well, that's they because check Steffi, they check their ears. They check their. That's because Steffi is actually gifted. She's tremendous. She is the the quality of show that the two of them can put on is next level. It's impossible. So they fool Penn and Teller. Well, then you get to close out the show when you fool Penn and Teller, and don't they bring me along? So I got to hang out with Penn and Teller after the show. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, it was the craziest. Gosh. It was the it was that's a dream so come true. So Teller. 
was hung out with us till two in the morning. You know, the guy who doesn't speak. Yeah. Yeah. What does he sound me, like? You know, different techniques. <laughs> he has he has a voice that would make radio people jealous. He has the nicest voice I've ever heard. And I'm like, wow. how could you hide this gift? Well kept secret, I tell wow. you. I, yeah. saw him, I saw him yeah. on a show where he actually had a speaking part once. I, I, I wasn't did, it amazing? I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what the show. I was. bet there's some YouTube clip of like hot, low definition with him like talking in it or something that somebody found. <laughs> but to protect him, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. guys like, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 right, <laughs> sneaky recording. But I mean, that's that's yeah, a lot yeah. like wrestling world. I mean, the the world of kayfabe, right? They have to protect their their story. They have to protect their yeah. the the fake real side of things right uh, i would think in magic entirely it would be very similar to the world of wrestling and that it's all what you put out it's not what's going on behind the scenes it's all what you put out for people to see it's awesome entirely entirely yeah, yeah. um i i just want to quickly give a quick story of of my experience with the sentimentalist with steffi k mm -hmm. and mysterian um why i was so enthralled with these two and what the power that you guys do can actually do to people um this was a few years ago we my wife and i were walking through the cne and they were performing at the cne and we were just coming up at the end of their presentation and we didn't really get to be involved and they basically pick somebody out of the crowd and they they interact uh, with funny things about the people or things that they know about the people or or whatever so we missed the whole thing and shelly was a little disappointed she was really hoping that she would be called on so afterward, I walked up and I said, hey, guys, uh, great show. Uh, I got to admit, Shelly was really hoping that you would call on her. She's like, and Mysterian, I was talking to Chris. And he goes, hey, Steffi. And he called her over. He got, uh, I don't remember what exactly was said. And bottom line is um, they started their performance with us. And all of a sudden, Steffi, from the opposite side of the stage, goes, I'm picking up on something. Um, a mouse? You're holding a mouse? And Shelly, my wife, had her hand in her purse. Um, our cat had just passed away, and her favorite toy was this little stuffed mouse. And Shelly had her hand on the mouse in her purse, and Steffi picked up on it. And there's no way, there's no way she could have picked up on a mouse. And she didn't waffle. She wasn't like, hmm, it could be a mouse. It could be a this. No, 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 no. It was like, oh, you're holding a mouse. And sure enough, she was. And nothing Shelley written and I, down, nothing else. <clears throat> they didn't know us from anybody. You know, we just kind of walked up right. and it, it was it was amazing. And that's, that's the first time I actually I actually believed that somebody has a gift, a power of some kind. A gift. Because I'm a skeptic yeah. at heart, and that just blew me away. And Shelly, <laughs> right here, skeptic yeah. at heart. But yeah. that stuff is terrifying when executed like correctly, like that. Do you do that kind of stuff when oh you say God, mind yeah, reading? Is that I could. That's exactly. what I did. That's what I did. I, I wasn't as good as the two of them. The two of them, like Steffi and Chris are, are the best in the business. Hands down. Granted, they're my best friends. But with that aside, I've studied mind reading. I've, I've studied everything you can imagine about it. There's no doubt in my mind that they're the best in the business. It's, hmm. it's crazy how, how incredibly talented they are at any time. And there's a saying that like a pro is their best regardless. Like you said, you can walk up to them at any point. You can, you can find just Chris Mysterion on the road and say, "Hey, uh, you know, could could we do something?" And he'll call Steffi, and she'll like answer, and she'll give you whatever it is their routine is going to be. She is on it. Like, it is something wow. different. It's something very special. They're so good. Yeah, 
And I remember when I talked to them, yeah. I, I reached out to them afterward and I explained this experience we had. And at that point, they had only been together about six months. They were just starting really? to be together. And, and that's what they told me. They were just together for about six months and they were just learning their stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is just disgusting how good they are. But enough about them. Crazy. This isn't about them. <laughs> this is about you. No, and, we can uh, talk about them all night. I know we could, but that's okay. I want to. I want to <laughs> learn more about you. So, how did that work for you? Like, you worked at the shop, and then did you say you were a professional mm -hmm. magician? Did, how did that transition? It was because of Mysterion. It was because of Chris. So then he's taught me how to do mind reading shows, and then I just got a bunch of gigs all the time because uh, very few people can do mind reading or very few can do it well like if people do it there is times where you can catch them out or there's times where you go like okay well something something happened there which is fine but i try to not have that approach it's much nicer to have a clean impossible approach but i mean everybody's different anyways that's how i got into it so i would get gigs i did uh, canada's wonderland halloween haunt uh, which was a really fun nice. one love that People, you know, they're, when they show up, they're there for a, a theater show. Mm -hmm. So that was a really interesting experience. Um, yeah, really, because Mr. Burlesque shows. We did tons of burlesque shows, maybe two a week for years. Um, that was a very busy market because it's all vaudeville acts. So they would have, there would be burlesque, there would be comedians, there would be mind reading, um, magicians, magicians too. I love that. So... That was how it. I really built, built it. Nice. What did your um when when you mm. first started? You said you started working at the magic shop when you were like sort of like in high school, like kind of like earlier on. Like, yes, I was eighteen. Uh, what did your peers think about it? Like when you started doing magic, like were you trying to like oh God, try tricks on dude. your friends or whatever? Yes, all of the time, all the time. Yeah. I would do a trick. It was like my favorite thing to do. That's awesome. And I get my sister and my my parents hated it, hated it, hated it. It's like <laughs> all the time you're shuffling all the time and you drop cards and oh check out this new idea, you know things like that. They it got it got a bit a bit too much. But yeah, all my friends loved it. So then everybody would make trips up because it was at it was at right near Yorkdale. Okay. And we lived in Newmarket, so that was a big drive. But everybody always made that trip up just to see new things and it was always a blast yeah that's awesome yeah, for sure i love that your yeah. peers were like mm -hmm. really supportive of that oh everybody was that was also a big thing because like yeah there's definitely people that could make funny especially as a kid and magician there's, there's always like that, that uh, you know, connotation right. you know like okay like get yeah. your cards and your yeah. coins out of here you know but then yeah, David yeah, yeah, Blaine yeah, yeah. came no. along. That was my first exposure was like the up close magic kind of stuff like that. Thought it was really cool. So yes. I saw Chris Angel like everyone else, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, well, when Chris Angel first came out, I was like, oh my God, this guy is the coolest. And then by the end, you know, everyone's like, okay, he's all right. But David yeah. Blaine kept it going, man. He still oh, does. Yeah. And Chris Angel now, he his Vegas show is apparently amazing. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He's, he's got that resident uh, MGM Grand show or whatever. So he's doing just fine, levitating, yeah. whatever the hell. But like, yeah. Yeah, he's doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a story about uh, David Blaine. Um, Sean, before I say that, Sean, just so you know, I muted you. You had some clicking and popping going on. So if you want to talk again, you're going to have to unmute yourself. <laughs> um, okay. So David Blaine, uh, the guy I was talking about, Peter McKinnon, the first story he told me was the time that he went to go see David Blaine in New York City. Uh, he was working for a company and he was supposed to be at work and he called in sick. Next thing you know, he's down hanging out with David Blaine in New York 
And I guess the company saw him on TV hanging out with David Blaine. Oh, and they're like, uh, no. we know you weren't sick. You're fired. And he's like, <laughs> imagine getting canned. But that's the dedication that it takes though, right? Like this is what oh, he yeah. wanted to do. This was his passion. And then oh, it's yeah. just like you, Danny. I mean, that was your passion. You got a job there. You started doing it one, one gig after the other. And it led to, you know, a, being a professional and doing that full time. So, I mean, I don't know yeah. anybody who succeeds in life by wanting to succeed. They succeed in life by succeeding, by making it happen, uh, by putting one step yeah. in front of the other and and just going and doing it. And when Aurora said earlier that, you know, her, her day was a little easier for her because she had a job or another thing that she was going to do fall through. In my brain, all I can think is, oh, that's awesome. I love when that happens because <laughs> then <laughs> I have the day to myself. Yeah. But that's why you get I'm some doing time. a podcast here working at Henry's, not traveling the world and doing YouTube videos and, you know, making $300,000 a year from YouTube. So it's that right. extra energy that you have to put into things. And, and that's why my hashtag in life is I shoot for me. I'm happy doing what I do. I'm not saying I should be doing those things. That's I'm just exactly saying it. the energy you put into it is what you get out of it. And, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I could tell that you're a go-getter and you've got that attitude and personality every time I work with you. I mean, you're always a smile on your face, always loving what you do. Um, and that's a big important thing to us here on the show, doing what you love to do, uh, being a creative and turning yeah. your passions into your daily lifestyle. That's as far as I'm concerned, success. Yeah. Anything. It doesn't matter what it is. If you can do what you enjoy or make anything you do like artistic, artful, put, put anything behind whatever it is. I worked at Mucho Burrito. Man, I made the, I would wrap the best burrito you could find. I swear to God. And, and I love it, but because it doesn't matter what it is. Like, if you can do your best, that's all that matters. That's all mm -hmm. that matters, because then it feels good for you. Yeah. You worked at and Mucho Burrito? With the wrestling. Oh, yeah. It was it was an amazing job. Did you work is, with If you uh, want to get a burrito, you go there. Yeah. I got him the job there. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked there, year, like, a few years before him. That's funny, because that's... And then he's like, I need a job. I'm like, I got it, buddy. And I went in there one day and there he was. I was like, oh my God, this is another person he shoots the video. No, that's how you guys ran it. Well, I mean, I knew him yeah, so, previously as well through other ways, but I don't remember how we that's how I got it. That's how I got into um, wrestling videography is because of Trevista. Because there was a, a guy that couldn't make it to a show and he was like, um, we got to call Danny up because this has always been his dream. And then, yeah, that's how it, that's how it all started because of him. Well, before we get into the wrestling side of things, did you guys have any questions that you wanted to go over? Yeah, Aurora. Yeah, well, I have a couple. Um, you mentioned briefly earlier about selling tricks, uh, which yeah, I think is so very interesting. Yeah. Um, on my yeah. notes. Yeah, I so <laughs> I, I'm so curious. Like you, you said you've sold um, magic tricks and, and, and stuff like that to um, books and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, I think that's very interesting. Could you explain a little bit more about the process and maybe it's like an, odd, it's an, an example odd industry. from- It's a big industry. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, I was just going to say, um, and maybe an example of one that you sold. But Obviously not viewers, in great detail. Not in great detail, not <laughs> showing the trick or telling us what's behind the trick or uh, just kind of at face value what the what the viewer might see. Oh, I'll, I, can, I can tell you something. So- so it would be, um, I created one called Ghoster Coaster. And it was, it was a mind reading trick of you would know what beer they were thinking of. So it's, in, it's published in some book. So basically, you would take a coaster. They would write down their favorite drink. They would have to write it down. 
you put it down on the table, but then you have another coaster in your hand. And as you reach to move their coaster, you flick their coaster onto your lap and introduce the fake blank coaster on the table as you move it across the table. Now you have their coaster in your, in your hand and you know what drink they're thinking of. Oh. And then you can, do, you can do anything from there. That was the, the, the simple premise of, of that trick. Now there's a lot more to it. You can do way more with it, but it's the idea of getting a peek and revealing what their drink is. Where you could, oh, drink an invisible one. Oh, I'm, I'm tasting Heineken. Is that what you're thinking of? And they're like, yeah, anything yeah. like that. So you come up with that. I learned that because of a card switch somebody came up with. And I was like, oh, that'd be neat to do with a coaster and a drink. And then I, that got published in some book. So I'm in about 10 different books for different tricks. But it's a huge industry. There's just magicians who only create tricks for magicians. And when um, you, they do very oh. well at that. So when you when you came up with that trick or you were developing it or whatever, do you have to pitch it to like who do you know to tell about that? Right, right, yeah. So there is what's good standard is that you usually bring it to people who are much more advanced or have been in the industry for a long time before you ever publish it because they may go like, oh, Max made an event to that in 1975 and it's called uh. something else. Okay. And you never want to put out someone else's trick like there. No. It, not only do people jump on you, but there's just no respect in, in doing that. No. Um, so that is a, is a problem in itself. So you never want to do that. So I had a very famous mind reader who became a friend of mine because I would perform some of his tricks in a way that has never been done before. His name was Kenton Nepper. So I would send him like, hey, buddy, I, I did your show at the 50th anniversary of uh, Morrissey Magic. What do you think? And he'd be like, what book was this from? Like, I've never seen this before. And I'd show what trick and, oh, this is the technique, but I use it for this and mm -hmm. whatever. So we became good friends. And that he was the guy that published a lot of my books. Okay, he was cool. the guy that really would, would vet, okay, yeah, this is good. This trick, let's come up with, with four new methods to doing it and then find out what's the best. Because sometimes you have a good idea and the execution isn't great. So, okay, how can we come up with different execution for it? Stuff like that. So that is you. I mean, other times people just put it out and not, you know, not care, and then <laughs> yeah. they get backlash. You never know. Like, it's, yeah, that the, the way you put that though is really important to get that like, I guess, quality, uh, that quality check yeah. by by somebody who is higher up yeah. who already knows. Like, ah, this already exists. You can't do that. <laughs> it's huge. And then there's also guys that put out junk magic. Oh, working for sure. Working in a magic shop, you you would see it and you go, "This is just terrible. We can't. I would never want to sell somebody this because they'll think I'm a jerk." For offering it to them, even mm -hmm. for considering offering it to them. So that was another, that's another thing. People can put out anything. Wow. So that's yeah. very cool. Very so that's cool. selling tricks, Aurora. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a I guess, weird market. Yeah, it's, it, it definitely sounds like it, but it's it's cool that there's so much thought that goes into it if it's done right. And um, uh, mm -hmm. it's amazing that you've been able to do that. Uh, the other thing I was just going to say is just like mind reading in general, as far as like magic tricks are concerned, is probably the most interesting form of magic tricks for me. Um, and I would love to like, you know, if you're ever like performing or ever in the area, I'd love to like actually see you, you know, do one of these. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, we tricks. can figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that'd be really cool. Um, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it.
for me for magic. The mind stuff? reading, I agree. It's it's like I, the sleight of hand thing. I understand that there's a lot to like motion and movement, like, but my pea brain can figure that out. When somebody can tell me what I'm thinking from the other side of the room, I'm like, that's like you're 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 a mutant. You're an X Man. That's mysticism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is truly beyond the realm of anything I could think about. So that's really cool stuff. Yeah, that's a different game. Yeah. Now, yeah. how do those skills translate to other parts of your world, though? Like, obviously, mind reading has a lot to do with reading who you're talking to, understanding their their persona, their demeanor, their traits. I'm sure there's a lot of that. I, I've not done it, so you can correct me. But uh, how do those skills translate into your, the rest of your world? I mean, obviously, there's a different level of confidence. Any magician I've ever known, there's a different level of confidence that they have um, dealing with people yeah. and so on. But how do those skills of mind reading, do they affect the rest of your world? Like, do you use those skills to get a better deal when you're getting coffee or something? Because <laughs> I got a story that got us <laughs> well, free beers I from Pete say, at a, a cafe. You got, you did? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did he uh, pay basic... Monopoly money? No, nope, no. Nope. We went in there and uh, <laughs> okay. Pete just was Pete and he had his deck of cards and he's just doing his shuffling. And uh, the waitress comes over. I'm hanging out with him and Gabriel and we're just having some food, catching up. And uh, he's just playing with these cards and she's like, oh, can you do me a trick? She's like, He's like, sure, but it'll cost you. And she's like, well, what do you mean? Well, it'll cost you a round. <laughs> and she's like, well, if you can impress oh, me, God. you're on. And needless mm -hmm. to say, we got a couple rounds of free drinks that night. And uh, yeah, so uh, do, you, do you ever utilize your skills that way? That is wonderful. I have, I don't do barroom bets. I don't drink. I, I've been, I haven't had a drink in 10 years. So oh, that yeah. doesn't wow. help me any, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't uh, drink anymore, but I think that there are a lot of people who do do the barroom bets and I love it. I love to see it. I love seeing anybody perform though. I'm a sucker for anyone who's willing to go out there and do, even if it's bad, it's still amazing that anybody's willing to do anything even comedy, even bad comedy, you can't hide behind it. And I like that. Like, it's still something. Sorry. Yeah, it's still something. Okay, they're trying. And somebody's no. up there. Yeah, you um, cannot hide from the it. The joke at the magic shop, you can't. <laughs> but, like, there's always people joke at the magic shop, like, oh, the, the ventriloquist wants to be a magician. The magician wants to be a comedian. Because that is, is what you can't hide behind. So... Because magic, even if it's bad, you can sometimes have something go right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, but yeah, in my everyday life, I don't know. I, I can't say that like an exact instance of going. Oh yeah, I, I get this because I totally mind fucked that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe it's because I'm not that good. I don't know. No, you're just but not I, an I, evil I, person. I don't have a... Yeah, yeah. It's good not to be yeah. evil. <laughs> Use your powers for good, right. not for evil. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, All John, right. are you are you a comedian? Is that why? No, no, no. I, I, I was making fun of Sean, actually. Oh yeah, as usual. <laughs> it's not <laughs> a comedian. Uh, he 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 did some comedy at one I, point. I attempted it and I failed fucking miserably good. at it. But <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was fun. I, my my comedy mainly lies in in telling stories that happened to me mainly. So like any of my. Uh, 
uh, just shitty stories, no pun intended, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's tough. And I, I was actually going to ask, is is doing like any sort of like magic or mind reading, like, is it weird to do it in front of like a bunch of people? Like, do you have to have like uh, a shitload of confidence in order to just stand up and but like in front of a bunch of people and just just randomly yeah. throw shit like, around I, like that? Yes. I, I think, but I think it's very similar to doing to doing anything in public in the public eye. I think you have to either like I get so afraid, I get so scared, and I sweat like crazy, and I and I get so caught up in myself. And then when I'm on stage, it's like it's like a button switch. There's like a switch, and it's just not me. It's like I'm. It's a whole different me out there performing and doing everything and interacting with people and coming up with jokes I would have never come up with before. It's mm -hmm. almost like it never happens. And then I come off and I'm like, what the hell just, like, what was that? <laughs> and I, uh, that's really how it's like. And it's not like, oh, I have confidence so I can do this. I, I um, my grandpa has, is a motivational speaker or was a motivational. He's passed away recently, but he always would try to have me go on stage. And no matter how afraid I was, that was always a thing. Like, can you always do something that makes you uncomfortable? And that would always be it being on stage really made me uncomfortable and you know wow so yeah i don't want to say i have tremendous confidence to go on stage <laughs> but like, like you going up and telling stories that or even if like even if you bomb i think that is, is way more confidence because again there's nothing to hide behind yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's it's definitely a, i did a trick i did a trick sorry what it's it's definitely like a, a hard thing to to do like even just for to like a 25 minute set is like brutal for a guy like me <laughs> people can't pull a, some people can't do a tight five yeah no it's, <laughs> yeah. it's hard shit i, I respect 25 minutes can do that kind of stuff it's it's kind of like it's coops me the hell out i sweat like a pig when i'm up on there <laughs> well it's like do or die you put yourself in the situation you stand up on stage and it's like oh i gotta i gotta do something I'm yeah, it's, going. it's like different between like when there's a difference between like when you're around like your friends and like the odd few of your family members that have the same dark shitty humor as you, but like yeah, and then yeah. a, a bunch of random people you just don't know. Right? There's a huge like separation between room, that. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were talking. Uh, there's the a funny thing I heard did. about. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying on the last show that we did, we were talking about uh, the differences between humor back in the day to today and so and so forth and a lot of i think the nerves that people would have today is getting up and saying something that would totally offend people that maybe wouldn't have you know 10 15 years ago uh, have you run into those situations yeah. yourself when you're on stage or you're performing that you you either um don't say I, something I because oh, or you look back on things you did say and be like he tries to keep that. the COVID talk out of the magic, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that's a problem, right? You can not like talk about that. You don't want to mess with the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, but then, but I also think, like, do you, is it possible that, like, even 15 years ago, there must have been stuff that you would have said that you go, oh, I can't say that. And then 15 years before that, like, I just feel like it's always something. And every 10 years, it's something different. And whether that's right or wrong, I, I think it, it's for the most part right, and sometimes it's not. And then you True. figure that out ten years later, and then everybody says it again, or whatever it, whatever it is. I think pendulum swings, and mostly for the good. But I get, I love, I get old joke books because they're so bad. <laughs> like I have like an old, old joke book from the creator, the guy who founded the Magic Castle, Milt Larson. 
And it's so bad. Like you're reading these jokes and you're like, how could anybody even think of saying this? Except there was one, there was one good joke from the book and it was like, ah, so you go on after a girl sings because it's for vaudeville and you go like, ah, what, you know, they call her Colostra Brava or as they say in the Metropolitan, lousy. And I like that. So that's the best that's the only good one from that the book and it's not that good <laughs> that's solid but I'll, I'll put most of that on delivery <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. that's the thing too I mean it just like uh, magic of course it's all about the delivery the personality I literally know one joke that's it let's, one hey, joke. It, Brian. Let's I, don't think I, I don't think I can say it I mean, we are an explicit <laughs> rating. <laughs> Shelly might get mad. No, I, I told her the joke. It's a good joke. It's a good. Okay, I'll tell you. Um, so, there's this guy who is dating a girl named Wendy, and he falls madly in love with Wendy. And he goes out one night, and he gets so drunk that he figures he's going to get a tattoo of Wendy's name on his body. Uh, of course, he finds the one logical place to get a tattoo right on his his appendage. So he goes and gets this tattoo and he, he the tattoo artist is working and do, doing his magic. And then the guy passes out from the pain. He wakes up later to see nothing. Like why, why is there no tattoo there? All I see is like a, a W and a Y. He goes, don't worry when the time is right, you'll know what it is. So he's with his woman that night and he gets excited and his appendage grows and he looks on the side and it says Wendy and he's like all happy. Anyway, Fast forward to the next day and he's at the gym working out and he's going to the showers afterward and he looks to the big black guy standing next to him. And he goes, uh, I noticed not to be rude, but you've got a W and a Y on your appendage. And uh, <laughs> he goes, are you, are you dating a Wendy too? He goes, no man. It says, welcome to Jamaica. Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, can't say that. That's my only joke. It's the only one I remember. So oh, Lord. that's another problem. Like memory is a big issue, right? In anything you do like this, remembering the tricks, remembering the moves, how much practice goes into one of your moves before you can actually show it. I like that segment. Oh, a stupid amount of time. Joke. Yeah. For most, for most. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. For most people, it's like a, a insane amount. And then there's, but then there's other guys that just take, like, they see a thing once and then they know it forever. It do, that doesn't make sense to me, but there are people like that. I guess with everything, people can hear a movie line or a movie and recite the entire movie. I had a buddy in school who would do that with Half Baked. Remember that movie? <laughs> yes, I, I, yeah, I'm one of those he guys. He repeat every line from Half Baked word for word. It was crazy. Great movie. But... <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. The best part is they only ever saw the trailer. And he knew the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other questions about the magic for Danny before we move on to the next part? No. All right. Cool. So, Danny, video. How did you transition from magic to getting into video? Because, again, that's where I know you're doing video for Barry Wrestling. Um, is that something that you're doing more of these days? Like, what is, is that your main, yeah. your main thing? Yeah. So, now – so, for – I've always been into video, like since I was a kid, we would, every project we could, we would try to swag it into making a movie about it or like, oh, instead of painting, could I make a little video all the time? All, me and three of my friends, because one of them, their mom had a, a v VHS camera and a Mac, like the see-through blue Mac. Yeah. So that was like, 
that was our hookup for everything. We made everything a movie. So always I loved it. And my grandpa, again, like I said, was a, as a speaker. And so there was always film crews around him and there was always video crews at all of his seminars. So I would always hang out with them because I loved it. So he would make them go like, he would go, hey, show Danny something or let him do something. So I got to hang out with uh, cameras and people since I was very young. So I always loved video and um, yeah, forever. So then, yeah, for wrestling videography, I got, I was very sick. I had Lyme disease for about 10 years and it really, it really wiped me out. So I would watch wrestling and go like, my God, someday. First off, I want to make a movie. That's another deal. That'll be some other day. But when I was really sick, I was like, I just want to film wrestling. Like that would be the coolest, coolest thing I could ever do is to just hold a camera and film ringside. Mm-hmm. And then, so my buddy was working at a, working for like an indie promotion in Ontario. And then again, like I said before, a guy dropped out. So he's like, he gave me the call. He's like, Hey, can you make it to Aurelia tonight? I was like, dude, I'll make it anywhere. Let's go. <laughs> like I would have driven anywhere in the world. I would have driven to Ohio. I would have driven to New Mexico. No problem. Let's go. So I went there and it was like, it was in a church and I knew nobody and I didn't know what I was doing. I knew how to hold a camera and get a, a shot. Well, then one of the guys, this guy, Jeremy, who you know, Brian, that we work with a lot. Mm-hmm. Jeremy was like, uh, he was like the, 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 the lead video guy of the team. And he was like, well, you've seen wrestling. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, so then you know what to do. I was like, <laughs> all right, man. Like, that was it. That's and training. That's really how I went. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was all he said. He's like, you, you've seen it. I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, then, you know, you know. Do that. You, you should try that <laughs> tactic training people at the store. You know photography. <laughs> you know, you've you know seen you've seen yeah. pictures before. You, yeah. Yeah, you you've seen it. You've seen a photo. Top employee. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually that's well then I once true. had a train. Just say that's true though. Yeah, it really is. With wrestling, you know uh, you know the moves, you know the setups, you know you know what's coming, you know. You know, like if he's throwing the guy into the rope, it's not ending at the rope. He's coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I shot um, uh, roller derby, and I, I did it a few times. The first time, oh my god, the pictures were lovely the first time because I didn't know the game. I had no idea how to play. I, I had no idea how. <laughs> yeah. to play, right. And after I figured it out, and my friend that was on the team, um, she she you know beat me up a little bit because my my pictures sucked. But uh, <laughs> wild. She's a nice girl. She didn't actually beat me up. She threatened it, but she didn't. Um, she could, but she didn't. She could have, yeah. She's a lot stronger than all of us, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah. Half my size, so it's uh, perfect. But uh, no, the, the second time, it was much easier because I understood the game. I understood how they played and what, where they were going to go, and, and you could then anticipate the action, and that's where I was going with that because if you know wrestling, then, yeah, you know how to anticipate the action. So yeah. That is so cool. I would love to film roller. Roller derby is so rock and roll. That would yeah, be fun. But yeah, that's that's how it went. And then yeah. I trained a guy in Quebec and it was the same. I said cuz he was like, "What do I do?" And I was like, "Yeah, you you've seen wrestling. You know what to do." He's like, "Oh yeah, you're right, man." Trick <laughs> <laughs> of the trade. And he did a great job. That's generational <laughs> yeah. words of wisdom right there. <laughs> you've seen that's wrestling. Unreal. That's the title of the episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. You know what to do. <laughs> That was really Jeremy's greatest advice, and he's he's tremendously a, a, he's a very talented oh, yeah. wrestling saves, videographer. So that the day was it. The last outdoor wrestling with all the hookups and oh yeah, he's he's awesome. 
Oh, it's yeah. nice having a, a leader yeah. on a team like that and, and getting that mentoring. Yeah. Um, you mentioned your grandfather several times. Yes. And I know in the, yeah. in the email that we sent you, you give him a lot of credit for uh, for where you're mm-hmm. at. First of all, sorry that he's he's no longer with us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, having an important person like that in your life is uh, is is hard to lose for sure. Um, but was there anybody else in the family that uh, really gave you the leg up that you needed to uh, to keep at it? Well, for. For most things, it was definitely him. I mean, everybody everybody really does support me with whatever it is. They're like, all right, yeah, go figure it out. Like, that's that's really the attitude of everyone. You know life. Is, go for you it. You know life. You know yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. No, for real. For the most part, is like anything can be learned. And that's really it. As long as you study, you, you can learn anything. Mm-hmm. And that was always the attitude of my family for really whatever is coming can be figured out so like there was one time i saw a um i think i even put that on the the thing but there was a time i saw vice news launched a joint in the space when canada approved marijuana usage so they launched a joint in the space on a with a weather balloon oh nice and uh, and this was yeah my sister was getting married it May have been. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> That's a very good question. Why Probably not because they would be afraid of it burning out by the time it got up yeah, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or blowing up the balloon. But I was like, well, oh. if they could do that, my sister's wedding was coming up and I didn't have a gift. So I was like, if they could do that, I could do that. I just need to figure out how. So then I learned how to launch a weather balloon into space, into the stratosphere. And I had a photo or like a printout of their name their names and the wedding date. And then I launched it into space. I wow. it's just, you had, cause I just figured it out, but that was the idea of so cool. most things in life I think can be learned. Yeah. What a wild thing to learn too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. That was, and, and my mom was so, she was like, you're going to kill someone. She's like, you shouldn't do this. It's going <laughs> to fall on a car. <laughs> oh the amount God. of stuff that goes in, into it. Yeah. What a place yeah. To she go was with so that. afraid. Did anybody die in the experiment or was it all good? It landed in a corn f- it landed in a, in a little like the corn is small in, in the middle of, of New Tecumseh. And but I launched it in Tiverton, so it went like you know three three hours away. Drifting. Oh. But you can you calculate how far it's gonna drift. You have a GPS tracker on it in like a baby bowl, so like it can't it's always pointing up no matter which way the package lands. You know, mm. stuff like that. Cool. Very so cool. that's how that's my my idea of most things in life is that if you have an idea and you want to get something done, you can learn it or you can figure it out. It's you true. Know? It's that about is that is such a in. great piece of advice for anybody who's wanting to learn something new, a new creative field or or anything. So I think that's yeah, that's really awesome. yeah, in anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've got a lot of talented friends who I consider to be equal to some people who are extremely successful, but they aren't as successful. Right. And I find I always right. attribute that to two things, level of interest and follow through. Um, we can right. all have that level of interest, but not follow through on it. Or we follow through on right. a bunch of things that we're not interested in. We do things that we hate. You know, like there's this real fine line to being a successful human, I think. And I give you a lot of credit for being successful. 
uh, you are enjoying what you do. I see it on your face every time you shoot mm -hmm. video. Uh, I see it on your face just now talking to you. I love it. That's yeah. so important. It's so, so important. And I'm, yeah. I'm really thankful that you do and thankful that you're here on the show. Um, we have a couple questions for you at the end of an episode, but before we get to those, I want yeah, I see Aurora's hands up. We're going to make the round to see if anybody <laughs> wants to ask you some questions. <laughs> Aurora, go right ahead. Um, I am so curious because the first thing that Brian mentioned in your intro was a bonsai tree maker. Ah, yes, I'm glad you called what? them. You caught that. That is Yeah, I got into that from COVID. Once COVID hit, I always wanted to again. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to. And then COVID hit and I just started watching some videos. I was like, man, I can do this. So I went out with an ax and I like dug up some trees. And you it's just taking a regular tree and making it small. That's all you're doing oh. for bonsai, really. So yeah, now I have like a whole rooftop patio filled with, with bonsais that I find in the wild. Well, that's like awesome. I go through what fields. Hack them up. Yeah. I love it. It's just so much fun. That's so interesting. What what kind of tree are you using to make a bonsai tree? Uh, you, you know Mark's any, looking it up right really now. Really, any tree. Yeah. You can, <laughs> you can see it looking tree. it up. I have, um, I have like – yeah. Yeah, I have like softwood maple. I have um, uh, beech. A lot of softwood maple because they're very um, hardy. Mm -hmm. I have like a rose, rose bush that was like really taken back because the trunk was so thick. So it makes it gives that illusion of a little tree. Hmm. Um, uh, orange. I have like miniature orange. They're called calamondin that were like big trees. Again, big bushes. I cropped it right back, and again, it looks like a little tree. So, but they make tiny, tiny oranges that are oh, sour awesome. as hell. You don't eat them because it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have a bunch of those. That's so cool. Cute as hell though. Probably yeah. to look at. Don't eat them. But get so, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much fun. There's so many different diverse things. And your your attention to detail on each one, like studying how to do it. and uh, it's, it's impressive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So did you just start doing this for yourself? Or was this like something that like you yeah. ended up marketing? Like are you selling these to people? or? No, I don't sell. People can sell them for good money. I just love, I just like keeping them and like, you know, some like over winter, like a bunch of them died because this was my first winter on like a rooftop patio. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know how to properly take care of them like I did at, at my old I had another house that was like where you could bear them in snow and keep it good. And so this was an experiment and they like a lot of half of them died. So I was really upset. But yeah. ah, then again, this year, I just went out again and found new ones. So, yeah, you just learn. But it's not like a marketing. I don't sell them. I don't sell what I do for a living now is I, again, I work for my grandpa's company, which is why I'm in the, in the studio here. And, um, uh, cause he used to broadcast from here. So I run broadcasts, uh, uh daily from, from the other end of the studio. Cool. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And I noticed, I noticed Aurora, your, your Hawkeye, your Brownie Hawkeye over there. Do you use it? I haven't used uh, my brownie Hawkeyes yet. I I do use. Okay, they're amazing. Yeah, I I actually researched how to uh, basically adapt uh, current like 120 film to the brownie Hawkeye. It's super uh, easy. You yeah. take your 120 and scissors and just trim that little lip that hangs over. There's like an yeah oh, yeah. Oh Brian! Yeah. Oh Brian! I think uh, Aurora. There's like a little lip. You just trim it. And that's it. 
and then you can use and that's it and then you can use it it's it's so easy oh my goodness i need to it's try just it. cutting a, like a millimeter off and then yeah you use it and it gives like such charming photos because it's not great it's not perfect and you get the vignette on it and like some of the glasses warped sometimes but it's that's really great, fun though. i love that that's, that's a lot of character for a yeah photo it too. is so you've inspired yeah. me to try and use it i will definitely yeah, use it. 120. There's a good lab, NCL, Natural Color Lab. Ivan, Ivan yep. there. It's in Markham. It's That's the greatest lab you can use. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, does he do he's, black he's and white incredible. I've, stuff too? He does everything. Okay. Yeah. Very neat. Yeah. So I pushed push 200 film, four stops, and he's developed it. Like you can see the color of the light. It's been pushed so hard, you know? And he does it. I, I noticed yeah, on your Instagram, you do yeah. a lot of different types of film media. And I'm glad that you brought up her, her Hawkeye because um, there's so many different things that we're doing these days. I know I'm a photographer, Mark's a photographer, Aurora's a photographer. Um, in the past, we've been criticized for having too many photographers on the show. But I don't care about that because there's so it's so diverse. Yeah, no. You know, there's so many different things. And what you're yeah. doing is different than what I do completely. I shoot digital. I have film yes. stuff, but I, I don't enjoy it. Uh, but what you're doing is you're using different kinds of film, some with purple, different properties mm -hmm. to it, and some with, you know, all these different properties. Uh, where did that fascination with film come from? And and it's huge now. Film is so big. It's bigger than it's ever been. Uh, yeah. But where did this fascination yeah. come from? It came from, I, I love antique stores. I, I repaired typewriters for a long time, and I would sell them, and other people would bring me theirs, and I repair it. It's so, it's, it's not that difficult, but I once got one for cheap at like a value village. And I was like, dude, this is the greatest thing. And then, no, no, no. My first one, a guy from Oshawa was working on the Oshawa library and they sealed off a room like in the sixties or something, seventies. I don't know. They sealed off a room with drywall. And then this guy was doing the reno and they opened up like a room that was sealed for mm. all these years. And he took That's the so typewriter cool. and then he was flipping it on Kijiji. So I got it for 60 bucks. And wow. then- I got another one at Value Village and that was when I fixed up and I flipped. And that's when I got into it because it was just so much fun. Um, so then I would go, I go to antique stores all the time and I would see film a lot, film cameras a lot for very, very cheap when you know that they're good quality at some point. Um, so then I would pick them up and then I just learned how to do it that way. Like Brian, I can't shoot like you can. You are, you are so tremendous. And I'm not just saying like the quality of work you do, but how you use a digital camera. I'm not advanced with a digital camera. I can use video, but I don't know how you do it. Just like the same way with film. Like I know very well now and from experimentation and from that guy at NCL natural color lab where I'd be like, Hey, if I want to do this, how could I do it? And he's like, Oh, you could do it. You could like when I pushed it four stops on film, he's like, I've never developed that, but I could figure it out. Hmm. And so we tried and like a lot of them didn't turn out good. But the ones that did were incredible. So, mm. so you never know. It's just experimentation, really. And That's then you cool. get better. I love old cameras for the aesthetic of them. Like the, the history mm -hmm. of it. Like I've got this little 1928 Voigtlander. It's my favorite camera. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, it's a little bellows. Yeah. Little sucker. What? That's in great condition. Oh, oh my yeah. God. I've actually still got film in it, too. That's like brand new. Beautiful little camera. Oh, um, good. This fine. is given to me from Martin, a, co a co-worker of ours and a uh, former. He's retired, but 
having something like this, it, it means a lot to me, even though I may only use it once every couple of years, just because uh, it's just so beautiful. You know, th like that's a pocket camera. It's a little tiny little camera. Yeah. And this is 120 film, yeah. just like you were talking about, right? It's big negatives. Yeah. So, but I just like keeping it on the that's shelf. That's cool. For now. Mark, it's like mint camera? That's like a brand new camera. That's great. No, oh, Mark's reaching for an antique. I'll show you. <laughs> Hold on, here's mine. This is the one I carry on me a lot. It's called the Chinon Balami. I think I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right at all. But again, it's like a pocket camera, and like you pull the the film advance, and it pops oh, right. out of the lens. Oh, it's oh, that's great. Fun. So it's just viewfinder. Like you just set the distance, and that looks satisfying yeah, as hell. This to pull is like out. my carrier. Oh, it's so satisfying. <laughs> it's like all day, yeah. It really is. It's like you give me a, like you pull it out really quick. <laughs> the Clint Eastwood of cameras. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe yeah. for our August seventh photo walk aurora, I'll I'll use a film camera. I'll think different. Yes. Yes. Mark, what do you got? Did you bring one? My dad's. Uh, I've got my dad's Voigtlander uh, thirty-five millimeter camera. Oh, what, what I've got in my camera case is uh, is these little guys. And it's a six, the C six twenty. Oh, six twenty film. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I have the camera that goes with it. Now this stuff expired in nineteen eighty five. Oh, this one's eighty eight. Um, but it's the the idea is that you can uh, you you can still use expired film and get some really really wild results. You just need to find somebody that will yes. develop it for you. So yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll get Ivan on the show. That'd be yeah, interesting. Cool. But but I, oh, I dude, you have to get Ivan. He's brilliant. I also have a little brownie that I got. Yeah, <laughs> this one is the holiday flash edition. So I'm not sure who I'm flash, but it's uh, the, the, <laughs> the shutter still works. You can see it. You can see it going to press it. So that stuff just never died. Yeah, you can buy a digital camera. Old camera. Yeah. Digital cameras will die so quickly, and then these old. Yeah. mechanical cameras they can take a bullet for you and just like ha ha ha, ha take more pictures i've, I've got one I, Is that all you got? I have one yeah. that's it's from um, a war correspondent from the uh the first world war um that my uncle Whoa. Yeah. it's crazy it's cool. still in the pouch and everything yeah, it's it's nuts we could probably go nice. empty the cabinet and bring it all over but i'm sure it's the same as brian's and aurora's collections it's just we could do a whole show just on like the cool cameras that we have <laughs> yeah everybody be bored with us yeah, this is a very small <laughs> fraction of my camera collection and i'm just like aching to oh, that's upstairs, cool. but well, working at henry's yeah. they they multiply like rabbits it's yeah. pretty, pretty crazy <laughs> All right. Well, enough of that. Anyway. Um, any other questions for Danny from John, Sean, Aurora, Mark? I've got one that's been nagging at me. Um, one so you said other. that. So when you were laid up and watching wrestling, and that was kind of like the dream or whatever. What were you watching? Like, what is your favorite era of wrestling? The Golden Age or the Attitude oh, Era? Okay. Or like, yeah. What were you watching? Okay. So I like I do want to say the Attitude Era, but I would be lying my favorite era <laughs> was when Dolph Ziggler Dolph Ziggler was inter intercontinental champion and um Santino was still uh, like in the game those were my two guys that okay right on. Watched a lot. CM Punk CM Punk oh. was um, still around yeah that's the yeah, dude CM Punk was around so that was definitely the time I was I want to say attitude era mm -hmm. but I'd be lying that's no, that's really watching yeah. the most. I, I was watching like yeah. you know, like VHS tapes of like the Hell in a Cell, yes. like Mankind Undertaker <laughs> matches and shit, like that stuff. But oh. uh 
when I was watching it on TV, Crazy. that was like when Eddie Guerrero and, you know, uh, it was like Monday right. night, uh, Friday night SmackDown and Monday night Raw, like that stuff. But yeah, definitely cool. Very good. Right. Well, Raw's on yeah, right see, now. It was actually. just the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, Raw is on right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is more important. This is way more important. <laughs> Danny's like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, let's, not, let's not mention Raw. Also, <laughs> <laughs> there's a cardboard cut out of Danny. <laughs> Magic. There. Oof. Just the cardboard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some yeah. addition. Don't worry about it. He'll be back. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sean, anybody else? Uh, I mean, it's not really a question, but I mean, Brian definitely wasn't kidding when he said that you were a very multi-talented person, and I, I can't begin to – Oh, I appreciate that. I can't begin to fathom oh, the respect I have for that. I can't. I can barely skateboard anymore, so I mean, like <laughs> – the fact that you do all that shit. <laughs> Me too. And, I and tried recently and I was like, I'm I'm not ready for this. No. <laughs> the man's fixing typewriters yeah. and making yeah. bonsai trees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you casually like, really my, my dream is, is the filming. Oh, yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. No, my real dream is the wrestling videography. It, that has been such a blast. It's it's crazy. So and yeah. is it fulfilling no, your, it's all good. Everything's your expectations? Because I mean you've been doing it now with at least with Barry for a while. And I think before you were still doing yeah, it with Barry Smash for a long time. So, yeah, we did it with Smash. We did it with Progress, um, a bunch of bunch of different companies, and um, FLQ in Quebec. It's just so much fun. It's all it's all like I could I would do it for free. I would do it, you know, all the time. It's that's a real, real blast. It's exhausting because I run around like Brian runs around. We both are everywhere in the ring, but that that's what makes it fun is getting the good shot. And you know, like you get to see it and you go, damn, that was, cause it's not only is it my enjoyment, but I know the wrestlers get to enjoy it. Like, cause a lot of them are, are friends. And then, you know, like they get to at least have a, like they do this such hard work and they mm -hmm. really put themselves on the line. They better get a good shot of it. Oh yeah. And I know like Brian, you deliver that for them too. Like it's, it's just really, that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. I love the camaraderie. I remember the last event that we were at. Uh, as I'm driving away, Shelly's hanging out with you and you guys are chatting uh, on the side with Brendan and I'm sitting in the car, like waiting for Shelly to, to leave. And she doesn't want to go. She just wants to chat and hang out. Yeah. And I'm just, I feel like like the Scrooge, like Shelly, come on, let's go. And she's like, yeah, she's like, I'm not coming. And then I run to my car and I pull up beside Brian and we're both like, get in the car. Everybody, let's go. <laughs> I love yeah. it. All right. Okay, so Danny, thanks so much, man. This has been a lot of fun. Um, before we say goodnight, though, this I do want to ask you a I, I few really questions. You um, the first question, uh, you already know the, the the question. We've already asked you this question. It's our photo, or not photo, our challenge that we like to issue our viewers every week that we have a guest oh, on. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember the challenge that you, you gave us? I do. I do remember the challenge. Everybody gets a challenge once a week. And my challenge to everybody is to send a postcard to someone that you love. And try to send one once a week to somebody you love. I think that's Noted. super important. Whether it's your parents, your grandparents, somebody, anybody that you friend, somebody that you love, send them, find their address, and send a postcard every so often. Because my guy, that's nice to get in the mail. I can't Actually, tell you how much I love pen, that. Man. I, I, I love that so much. Yeah. I yeah, can tell you right now. <laughs> the minute I saw you wrote that, I thought of my dad. I don't call my father enough. Yeah. I really don't. Um, it's not because I don't want to. It's just, you know, 
my world is stupid and I have a horrible memory. And by the time I think of it, I know he's asleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and, yeah. and I could, I could see how he would absolutely love getting a postcard. So I'm going to do this one. Absolutely. And I'm going to send my dad a postcard. I'll probably send my mom one. Maybe I'll send my sister one, but yeah, it's a, it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Great idea. Yeah. I love it. That's great. I love it. I think I'm just going to mail my sister a potato. I'm just going <laughs> to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put it outside the box. Why not? I'm to write her address on it and then post it. <laughs> no <laughs> name. She's like, uh, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am the guy that put googly eyes on everything in her kitchen cupboard. So, yeah. That's so funny. It's funny she never asked me to babysit her kids again after that. <laughs> oh, God. Holy shit. That's great. Yet another reason to not have That's children. Great. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have to get Mark over. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Uncle Buck over here. <laughs> All right. But on to the second question. Um, the second question is tools of the trade. Is there a tool that you rely on? It doesn't have to be a physical tool. It could be something that you think. It could be a, a mental little trick that you've given yourself. Something that you feel that every time you go to work, it helps you. Interest. That's a very good question. Okay, tool of the trade. I was also in construction for a long time. And uh, so always a conking gun, always a putty knife, always a good Ulfa uh, uh, razor. Photography, I keep like a little little pocket camera always because it's nice to get good shots of people. And tricks of the trade. Again, like I said at the start of the call would be to know that you, if you want to do something, pursue it and just go, hey, I'll just give it a shot. If it doesn't work out, okay, whatever. But at least you tried it and you can go, hey, uh, I took up oil painting this weekend. Looks like shit, but I enjoyed it. Okay, maybe I'll do it again. Okay, no, maybe not. But then I'll, I'll do something else next weekend. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. That's, I think, a really important tool mm -hmm. uh, for tool everyone. The trade would be studying. Back pocket. Well, uh, I think it's studying. be brave new yeah yeah to yeah, suck to just be bad yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you to something new yeah. Got a bomb. yeah that's cool yeah yeah you caught a bomb all right <laughs> so um there's two of the questions the third is kind of a silly one um what is your jam what's that one song that you can't skip past you just love it's it's the story of your life. It's whatever it is. It's every time it comes on, you just you you love that song. I love this question. Okay, I'm same here. That's a super good question. <laughs> I am a sucker for Jimmy Eat World, so it would oh. for sure <laughs> nice. be a Jimmy Eat World. Any song, any song by them. I've seen them four times with Incubus <laughs> twice, which was a great show. That would be good. That's a new call. All okay, so that's a, that's my, another episode. I'm looking for. <laughs> that is another episode. John's going to have to okay, turn off his camera my... in a second. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we love Jimmy Eat World Okay, over so here, Jimmy Eat World. Now I'm, now I'm adding a caveat because my top song that's been played the most on my phone has been Me and My Dog by Boy Genius and 405 by Metronomy and Big Yo, Pig. Boy so Genius? That, that would, those are my three. Oh, Boy Genius, come on. Julian Baker, come Lucy Dacus, Phoebe Bridgers. Where do you go wrong? <laughs> You can't. <laughs> I've got to look into this. And this is why we asked the question because yeah. honestly, I'm starved for music. Totally starved. I'm still listening Boy genius, to oh, yeah, the 80s. Boy the genius. It's kind of my, my daily yeah, listen. Throw that to. In. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Mm -hmm. 
All right, guys. Um, before we say goodbye, Aurora, would you like to say anything? I just want to thank uh, Danny for being on. It's been an amazing episode. It's it's incredible how talented you are. I know uh, we were all kind of saying that earlier. Like everything that you've picked up, it's it's just so interesting. So um, I think this has been a really great episode, and I just want to thank you for being on. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank well, you. I have thoroughly enjoyed my time here because I I didn't know what I was walking into. And I was like, okay, well, I know Brian. Like, we get along super well. And I was like, I, I wouldn't assume that I, I would assume that the people he would have on with him would be very cool. So I, I do appreciate you all. Like, this has been very comfortable for me because I've never Perfect. done a podcast before. This was this was really fun. I appreciate well, you. Yeah, this is our first time. So we're good. Yeah, we're just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to quit. Actually, you say you say it was very comfortable for you is a big compliment because that is why we do it because we want to be happy and comfortable and this is for our mental health and we don't want to make our our, our guests stressed out in any way. So that's really cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, it always helps that Brian sends me a motivational text before every every time we take. If you look if you look at our text things, it's just the same text. Every Monday night, it's just as Mark, don't be a dick. And that's it. <laughs> that's the motivation. <laughs> I'm glad you sent it this time. <laughs> oh, there you go. Thanks, Brian. It's not true. It doesn't happen. <laughs> now nobody knows. Try it all you want, buddy. <laughs> all I said before the show is the show link. Hey, guys. That was in the group chat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, John, Sean, anything else you want to leave us with? Well, but you, <laughs> you don't have to. It's all Every, good. Any, anybody pass. who's ever listened to this podcast, listen to Boy Genius. That's where I'm stuck on. <laughs> what I'm going to do when we're done here. <laughs> I'm and, uh, yes, thank you, Danny. That was yes. so much fun, and you're a very fascinating <laughs> guy. Uh, lo uh, lots of hobbies that I didn't even know existed. So, yeah. very good. Love yeah. that. Love to talk wrestling. Love yeah. to talk music. We'll do it again sometime. Always. Always, yes. always. Danny, I, I, you know what? At the beginning, when you jumped on the call and I, I saw that, I saw your face, I saw how happy you were. I was like fighting the urge to tell you that you have an award-winning smile. <laughs> so, uh... on, top of, on top of being the, one of the most interesting men on the planet, you have that. <laughs> there you go. Winning. Just so you know. <laughs> awesome. All right, yeah, guys. Great. Thank you, guys. Thanks, That's Danny. it for us. Uh, thank you all, Aurora, Mark, John. Sean, and of course, Danny, for being here this week. Uh, and if you haven't already, please subscribe to our channel. Uh, check it out. We've done a lot of shows. This is actually episode 61 overall. Uh, this is our second season. We've done a lot of these things. We have a lot of great guests in the past. Check them out. If you have any questions, let us know. Let's interact with our viewers and our listeners. We'd love to answer questions. If you have any uh, suggestions for future guests on the show, let us know as well. That's it for us, everybody. Take care. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Ciao. Thank you guys. Ooh, ooh, ooh.